Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, Red Sox fans, welcome into another edition of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. This show is powered by Lynda.com. For Lynda.com, you kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial to Lynda.com from CLNS Radio listeners. It's used by millions of people around the world for over 4,500 courses on anything from web development, fitness, sports blogging, to even uh, photography, visual design, business. Everything's on there. It's a great website. All their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the site every week. Whether you want to sell new financial goals, find work, life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise, yes, that can be challenging. Find a new job or improve upon your current job skills in the new year. Lynda.com has everything for you, so go on there and check it out. Uh, we're running a great promotion for them, and they're powering this show today. So go on there and check Lynda.com and get jump started on your new year. Uh, Nate, it's been a few weeks, Nate. Um, Got to get back into the swing of things. Had a few weeks off here. You ingested an admirable job taking over for me. Uh, what's going on, my friend? How are you this week? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I know it must be fun being back. I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm missing London <laughs> terribly, but uh, I'm still back. I'm getting back in the swing of my life, and I'm ready to go here on a, on a great episode. we got a good episode for us here. We're going to be joined by Brendan Ward in a minute here, but uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Max Scherzer got a new contract. He's going to be... Uh, pitching for a new team next year officially. Uh, Cliff Lee, potentially the Red Sox, is the topic today. Daniel Bard signed with the team. Uh, I'm sure you guys heard about that by now. We'll talk about that. And if he can return to his glory, and we'll punch around some other MLB news as well. Uh, so without further ado, and without me rambling on anymore about the rest of the show, uh, we're going to be Brendan Ward on here. Brendan, how are you doing today, my friend? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Uh, so, Brendan, before I get started, just familiarize us. Where can we catch your work as of now? I know you're still in school, but where can we get... Any of your written content as of now? Well, right now, I'm not doing much, but uh, I plan on starting to write again. Uh, probably start writing on SB Nation or something around those lines. But as of right now, I've, I've been pretty busy, so I haven't done much for a while. So, All right, well, we're going to get you jump-started then. All we're right. going to get you back in the swing of things here. We'll get your opinion on a bunch of things. Baseball, uh, Brent, we'll start with the big one. Uh, Max Scherzer signed officially with the Washington Nationals for a seven-year contract uh, worth over $200 million. Uh, there's a lot of back money in that one. He's going to be getting paid long after he's done pitching with the Nationals, so basically setting himself up after retirement. 
what do you think, just in general, of the Scherzer deal? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Do you think they paid too much? Just what do you think? Well, I, honestly, if I was them, I would not have made the deal because you had you had the best rotation going into the season with or without Scherzer. Now you're just you're sending a guy over who's 30 years old for seven years. It's just I would never do so. When you already when you already had a five man rotation that is clearly number one above everyone else, why are you going to spend risk seven years? I just I just didn't like the move at all. Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, questionable. Um, but I I mean personally I like it. I'll get into that more after. But do you think now there's been talks about oh well this has this goes in the line with them potentially trading Zimmerman before he gets up considering he's going to be a free agent after the summer. So do you think this has anything to do with them potentially? Getting themselves locked in for another starter because they want to trade a guy like Zimmerman. Uh, that would that would probably make the most sense. Uh, considering the fact was it Rourke? He had fifteen and ten with the two eight five last year. Their number five starter. In yep. mm-hmm. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna you have to trade someone now. You got six starters and and all all six are, are pretty top pretty good starters to have. I mean, it's a good problem to have. So I'd, I'd imagine one of those guys is getting shipped out. Probably Zimmerman, considering his contract is up. But I've also heard Strasburg. Do you believe that they would ship Strasburg? I don't. I, I really don't. I, I think. I think. You know, just the marketing perspective with Strasburg is too big. I feel like Strasburg is their guy. I feel like they've invested way too much money in him, um, and way too much time in him being the guy there. And obviously, he hasn't panned out to be the all star, and hasn't been to pin out panned out to be that guy. But now there's less pressure on him there. I think he's going to excel. There's I no think. question. He has swing and miss stuff. Just, but. It's got to be more consistent. Yeah, I mean, what is, this is his fourth full season. He should he should really have a good season this year, especially he's not he's not going to be the guy. You know, he'd take a back seat, and a lot of the time he's going to be going up against. He's going to be the third guy pitching in those series. So, yeah, you're probably going to see his win total could increase a little more. You might see some more um, more just less stressed pitching out of Strasburg. I feel just because you're gonna, you're not going to have to worry about being the guy because you're bringing a guy like Max Scherzer to handle that weight on your shoulders. Strasburg doesn't have to be the guy pitching at the top of the rotation, which is good for him. Um, Scherzer, obviously, we know is a big name. He's probably the biggest name out there this offseason, I think, even more than Lester was. I think most people can agree with that. But this also has some kind of back-channel effects for other teams as well who potentially have, a, for instance, in the AL Central, now the White Sox potentially could be even more getting closer to winning that division without even playing his first game just because Max Scherzer is no longer in the division. I think that's 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 definitely something to think about. But I don't. I'm not a big fan of Samaja at all, and especially as an American League pitcher. And I don't. I don't see the White Sox really making a drastic jump. I like what the Tigers did. I mean, they still have Verlander. No way he has as bad a year as he did last year. I mean, they're going to have a full year of Anibal Sanchez, hopefully, and then they're going to have uh, obviously Simone pitched really good last year with the Reds, and uh, Shane Green. I thought he pitched very admirable. Being a Yankee fan, I saw a lot of him. And I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he was just as good as anyone else's back of the rotation guy. So I mean, that's it's still a good rotation, and especially that lineup is still deep. Still got a deep lineup. I'm intrigued. It, it definitely, I think, it will be hard to overcome the Tigers. I'm intrigued to see how a full year of David Price in the Detroit yeah, Tigers that, uniform will do as well. One. That's the big one, David Price. I uh, you saw some inconsistencies towards the end of the year. Um, I'm curious to see if him and Verlander can really take over that rotation with Annabelle Sanchez and kind of keep themselves being the Tigers that we all have known, known to love and hate over the last couple of years. Um, but there's also a chance potentially that with Scherzer landing in Washington, you have Jordan Zimmerman, like I said, being on the block. 
I know you're a Yankees fan, but what do you think the likelihood of potentially the Red Sox being back on Zimmerman would be from your point of view? Um, from my from my own point of view, they'd have to they, they, if they're gonna get if they're in it for Zimmerman, they're trading Joe Kelly is what I'm gonna assume because obviously you already obviously you got a uh, Miley's gonna be a starter unless they trade unless they have some magical plan where they're gonna they've decided to, they're gonna flip Miley or something, but I don't see that happening. So it, it would it would appear that. I don't think there's any chance because what are they? They have to get a third team involved because if they if they want Zimmerman, they're gonna have to trade another starter. They're not gonna trade Masterson. They just signed him, so I don't I don't see much of a, a chance. If that doesn't happen, and I know there's a good chance it probably won't. I, I I don't believe it will. But if that was the case, and that'd be great. If it wasn't the case, do you think there have been rumors out there that the Red Sox will be are in on Cliff Lee again? They've been on they've, this rumor's been out there for years. We've been hanging on by a thread to this. Rumor up here in Boston. Now, do you think there's a chance it actually could happen this time, or or, or just is it another flake in the snowstorms up here in, New, in good old New England? Cliff, Cliff Lee. I don't think there's any chance Cliff Lee has a lot of money owed. The uh, the Phillies have definitely definitely tried to sell sell all their their big name guys, but those guys are owed a lot of money. They're all in their latest later thirties, and they want a lot in return. They want you to eat the salary. I don't see the Red Sox. They wouldn't spend the money for Lester. Why would they spend the money for Lee? Now, he, he doesn't look nearly the same guy he was when he signed that contract originally. Obviously, he's dealt with a lot of injuries last year. I wouldn't, I would never, uh, especially John Henry doesn't like those. Didn't want to sign Lester because guys over thirty. I don't think he'd go for someone he doesn't know in Lee. Especially a guy who had Fair. an injury last year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do it. I'm kind of with you on that one. I just think that if you're going to go after one of them, you might as well go after uh, Cole Hamels, and I still don't even want to do that. No, so I don't like him in the American <laughs> League either. Yeah, no, I don't trust him. His numbers are about the same as Lester's, but Lester again was in the American League. He wasn't, so I think you got to add some points up there for that one. I don't, I don't really like Cole Hamels coming here. Um, I think they could go, they could do better. I still wish they'd be on James Shields, but I don't think that's the case at this point. Uh, so James Shields, I think, might have the same, maybe the John Lackey effect when they signed him, a guy that has pitched a lot of innings, a guy that has a lot of wear and tear, and you don't, what is he, thirty-three? That's the generally the time where guys break down. So I mean, he's yeah, down no. for a year. Maybe maybe Sabathia too. When he's that uh, off season, that pitching um, in the playoffs in 2011, he came back and they gave him a five year contract. And then right after that, he started break. You know, he pitched terrible in those playoffs. And then right after that, that must have been a, a prelude to sign things to come because he has not been the same guy since he signed that five year extension. And I think that definitely could happen with James Shields because he's pitched 200 innings so often. He's 33 years old, and he didn't look good at all in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, his, he lost his name, Big Game James, in my opinion. I don't even know where, um, that, I was, I don't know where that came from because um, I'm a big. I'm a, I was a big advocate. Uh, Nate can tell you on this one that I was a very big advocate for coming here. I'd still be okay with him coming here, but he's definitely lost a little of his mojo, in my view opinion. I used to be high on him, but him not pitching well in the he's, playoffs. He's, just he's, kinda... a, he's a two. He's a two on most good teams. I mean, there's no question he was the ace of that Royal stuff, and really, he is probably the main reason they made the playoffs. Although they had some really Danny Duffy pitched really well last year. I mean, mm-hmm. was it Ventura pitched really well last year? And they had, they, I thought that they, the bullpen was obviously as good as it can get. Um, I don't know if it was him or just they had everything kind of the stars aligned for the Royals last year. But he's not a bad guy to have at the top of your rotation. But I would never want him to lead a staff. In my defense for defending him, though, they wouldn't have been there without him. No, they probably wouldn't have. But they might have won it without him. Fair. But they definitely wouldn't have been there. Yeah, they would not. Have, they they, they, they would not have been there without him. So I think 
Potentially, it's it's still the right decision, I think, for the Red Sox, but I think that ship might have sailed. I haven't heard anything I mean, lately. When I heard that he had, five, well, he had a five-year deal on the table uh, about a week ago, I said that there was no way, because I just saw yesterday that they said that his numbers have gone down, and now the, the Jays are interested. So that was just him trying to, you know, whatever whoever was interested in him saying, hey, I'm close to signing. Anyone else want to jump in on there? I have a deal on the table. Maybe someone would jump in. I don't think anyone's paying that guy $100 million after seeing him in the playoffs. No, it's going to be close, but I don't think it's going to be that. Um, another pitcher that Red Sox had but let go, obviously, uh, Bobby Valentine's fault on this one for sure, 100%. Uh, Daniel Bard uh, was going to be the predecessor to Jonathan Papelbon. was a great setup, man. I was in love with him. Still am. I wish he could fix his problems. Um, he signed with the Cubs, no surprise, uh, and Theo Epstein ties. Just really quick, honestly, do you think he can return to what he was? Because he was supposed to be the guy here, and he was had a great arm. He had great stuff. He could blow the ball by guys. And as soon as he wanted to be a starter and the Red Sox actually said yes, Bobby Valentine's fault, I think that it kind of screwed him up. And now the Red this is obviously a low-risk signing for the Cubs because if he doesn't return, then it's, it's whatever. It's a minor league deal. So do you think he can return to what he was before they screwed him up? I think I think he definitely can. I mean... Kind of has the Jabba Chamberlain effect. Jabba Chamberlain, he had that dominant postseason and no uh, postseason run going into the postseason. He had that no one could hit him, and he was throwing gas. And then they made him a starter. Really didn't pin on as a starter. He was nothing great as a bullpen. I, he had good numbers in the bullpen if you saw it, but he blew a lot of games. I, uh, the thing about uh, yeah, yeah. the thing about um, Bard is if if he can get that fastball up to mid high nineties, I mean definitely. But he has to be able first. Getting it up there again is going to be hard, but you know, obviously, controlling the ball is going to be. He, he walked. What is it? He walked something like what was it? He hit like I don't remember the actual numbers, but it was something insane. Like walked nine batters in thirteen innings. So I mean, in the last season in the minors, it was rough. Yeah, it was so rough. He, he's got to first work on controlling the ball, but then again, I mean, a lot of his success came off of being able to fastball slider. And if that fastball is not not as hard as ninety seven, ninety eight, I, I don't know how much success they'll have. Uh, Brendan, you know the Yankees better than anyone else. You know, made a few minor deals um, the off season uh, with Gregorius, uh, Stephen Drew, Andrew Miller. Uh, where do the Yankees stand as of now? Uh, they're a mess. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have traded Prado like they did. But Eovaldi, he kind of has that Max Scherzer. I think he could end up like Max Scherzer because Max Scherzer wasn't nothing special, and then they made that three team deal with the Yankees. And the Diamondbacks, and they ended up, you know, all exchanging pieces. Scherzer, I, I, they both throw hard. And uh, Evaldi threw, he had a high, a mid four ERA last year, but I mean he throws ninety seven, ninety eight. He could be, he could be a pleasant surprise. The Yankees' starting rotation is definitely one that's, you know, it could be really good or it could be a lot of problems because you got Sabathia coming back off the injury. Trinidad only threw seventy eight innings. He had a under, he had an under one ERA last year in those seventy seven innings or so. But I mean that's seventy-seven innings. Uh, Tanaka, that, that elbow could go at any minute. So a lot of problems. Nova's coming off of Tommy John. I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't put any trust in him either. He's kind of inconsistent. I, the offense has a lot of problems too. A lot of swing and miss guys. Bullpen is going to be good again with signing Andrew Miller and bringing in uh, Patances, Dylan Patances to be the uh, closer. I like him as the closer better than Robertson. I thought Robertson. Mm-hmm. Robinson Blue, he walked. He had a lot of bad outings, and it wasn't like you know a bad outing where he lets up a solo home run. It was like when he when he did bad, he was bad where he let up. Just he it was one in, one game where he let up four or five runs, and blew the game. They're up five to two. 
I wasn't a big fan of Robertson as a closer. He's a great setup man, but Batantis is the he has closing stuff. He's a got a plus he can hit 100 miles an hour. I saw last year at a Red Sox Yankees game he hit 101, so I like him as the closer. I think the Yankees okay. are going to be about it. They, I mean, I think they're a lock for a winning record, whatever that is. I don't see them Doesn't making the playoffs. Play no, I don't see them yeah. making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, it's gonna. Be, I, I think they're 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 getting old. They're more of a mess. Hey, A Rod wants to come in and get his job back. Oh, stupid. Um, so who knows what they're a mess right now? And I don't know what they're gonna do. But uh, from a Yankees fan, are you mad that Pedro Martinez is getting into the Hall of Fame? No, no, he deserves thing. it. He he really does. I mean. The guy was obviously. I, I mean, I saw on MLB Network that they did an analytic thing. He would have been the greatest pitcher, no matter the ballpark, no matter the era. No, the guy was just unhateable. And uh, I mean, I think he's the the best pitcher I've ever seen. I mean, just I mean, just from a standpoint of a Yankee fan, never wanted to watch him pitch against the Yankees. I think Schilling should have gotten in. That's one guy I definitely thought should have gotten in. Yeah, I don't even know if he's ever going to get in. Unfortunately, no. I think I he's... think too many people don't like him. I think it's yeah, personal. It's kind of, it's, I don't think it has anything to do with his performances. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate, the politics that go into this voting. Uh, one more question for you, Brendan, before we let you go here. Um, the pitch clock is officially being used in AA and AAA next year. Um, obviously, to be tested out, it was used in fall class. Fall ball is used in winter ball. What is your opinion on the pitch clock? Do you think it's right for them to keep continuing on with it and not just ditching it? I mean, I'd, I'd like to see how it works with the minor leaguers before they go right up to the major leagues. I think it's definitely worth the uh, experiment. Um, I'm not sure how... I mean, definitely I don't know much about it. I haven't seen it in a game. I mean, if it's really affecting the game so much and people don't want to watch it, then I guess I guess try to speed it up. I think that the, the, the number one thing to do would maybe just make the commercials a little shorter. I think maybe make the in-between innings a little shorter. Uh, I think that's that's one way to go. Or just... Keep the one foot in the box, like they like the, like the rule says. They're supposed to keep one foot in the box at all time. I hate when you see guys they get out of the box, they're taking seven seven cuts, and then they get back in there and they're they're adjusting their their gloves and the pitchers, you know, grabbing the rods. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's one way to do it. I, the pitch clock, I guess, would kind of take care of all that. But it will be interesting to see how it plays out in the minor leagues. Yeah, the problem is MLB guys are creatures of habits. All baseball players are creatures of habits, and they start at young ages, and when they come back, some of them are superstitious, and they feel they need to keep doing it. Case in point, Nomar with the batting gloves was the worst thing in the world, and I was a Red Sox. I'm a Red Sox fan. I hated it. Uh, it just bugged the crap out of me. I'm sure you hated it, too, as a Yankee fan. But I, I can watch. I can, the people that complain about these Red Sox-Yankees games that go, you know, they go four-plus hours, and it's three to two, and they're making three or four pitching changes. I love those games, and I, don't, I, I never change the channel or anything and i think that just you know goes to show between fairweather fans and diehard fans and i can watch a four-hour game yankees red Sox any day of the week so yeah it's unfortunate that that's where the game's going but it's probably going to try to get sped up as much as possible i'm okay with it i don't need a five-hour baseball game but i know that the long red Sox yankees games are fun to watch that being said brendan i appreciate you coming on we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy life uh get whatever you're up to just let us know once you get back running again we'll help we'll Love to have you on again, so don't, definitely don't hesitate to shoot us an email or look right. forward to that eventually. It definitely sounds good, guys. All right, All right Brendan. Take thank care. you. Bye, Brendan. See you, Nate. Again, Brendan Ward uh, in the middle of writing commitments right now, so we're more than happy to welcome to get his voice out there as well. Um, again, Brendan was brought to you by Lynda.com. Lynda.com, plenty of over 4,500 different courses online now. Go on there and check them out. Uh, you won't be disappointed, that's for sure. 
All right, Nate, a lot of talk about, uh, great interview there, a lot of insight on his part. Do you think that Max Scherzer's deal is the right one? I do think Max Scherzer's deal is the right one, and here's the reason why. I think he's going to slide in perfectly as the ace on that team. Like Brendan had mentioned earlier, it takes a lot of weight off Steven Strasburg's shoulders. He doesn't have to be the everyday guy. He'd be a three guy behind Gio and uh, Scherzer. He'll be matched up against most threes in the rotation. And another reason I like this deal is because when I look at the Nationals lineup, I still think they lack that one bat. You know, losing Adam LaRoche at first base is huge. They need that bat. And, you know, having a six guy like Tanner Rourke to now flip a guy like Jordan Zimmerman just makes so much sense in the world. Uh, a great deal with the Nationals. And, you know, he's going to cause a lot of havoc in that NL East. If you were the Red Sox, who would you send to the Nationals now to get Jordan Zimmerman? To get Jordan Zimmerman, you know, it's it's going to be iffy. Um, you know, you look at the Nationals team and you really don't know what position they need a starter at. Do they need a reliever? Do they need a um, starting infielder, outfielder, first baseman? I'm thinking a guy like Alan Craig um, with a, maybe a Daniel Nava in a deal, something along the lines of that to give them that outfielder. Yeah, you're going to have to give him a steady outfielder and a steady bat. I think Nava might be the best chance, unless I don't think I'm willing to part ways with Mookie Betts. And I don't think you need to part ways with Mookie Betts to get Jordan. Not for a guy signed you... through 2015, absolutely not. Exactly. So it's not... I'm okay with giving up Nava on that sake because Nava's a steady bat. He's been talking about switching to only batting left lefty because his left-handed numbers are 10 times better than his right-handed numbers. So that's also another aspect to think about because then you'd be getting a full-time left-handed bat into your lineup, which is a big deal. Um, so that's definitely something I would consider if I was the Red Sox, and I agree with you because... Look, Nava's a pretty steady player. We've been, I've said it for years since he's been playing up here. He's consistent and he's Mr. Go-To. He's obviously not going to be the big, big name all-star outfielder, but he's a consistent guy to put out there every day. And I think for an expiring contract in Zimmerman, I think it's probably all you're going to get if you're the Nationals. I think the Red Sox really need to consider this because as much as I love where they're at right now, I don't trust, I need one more arm in that rotation still. I, I, I haven't changed my feelings on this. London hasn't changed me that much. You need another pitcher out there besides what they have right now. Porcello's great, but I don't want him to be the ace. Yeah, they do need I want- another pitcher. Um, there's a lot of question marks in this rotation. You look down the list, Buckholtz, Miley, um, Joe Kelly, I think highly of, but you know, he's a question mark. Masterson's a question mark. You've got to get that guy who you know what, who you know what he's going to give you. You know, is Porcello going to be that ace? Uh, you know, he had one season with an ERA below four. You know, you really got to look for that guy. And I think um, Zimmerman, uh, I like Gio Gonzalez. Obviously, they're not going to trade a lefty, but you know, guys along that lines but um if they don't if they can't get Zimmerman like I said earlier I'm not going to be I'm not going to be too too sad but they I think they one more arm would help this rotation dearly I would be more than welcome welcoming to Jordan Zimmerman um I think the only downside is that I think they can afford to keep him now because of this whole backsiding his Scherzer's contract so that he'll get basically get paid after he's done pitching Scherzer signed to pitch through 2021 and he's going to get a paycheck through 2028. So basically, that means he's getting cut. He's going to get paychecks after he retires and his contracts up, because that's the way they put the, built it into the contract. So I think they did that partially for him, but it also set up the Nationals okay enough that they're not paying him a lot of money per year. They're spreading it out so that now they can afford to pay more people. So I don't know if they really need to drop Jordan Zimmerman. I still think they will because I'm. I mean, I don't always trust what I read on the internet, but there's a lot of reports out there that he is going to be. Um, potentially on a main uh, chopping block there to be traded. So definitely something to look out as a Red Sox fan because, again, great addition. I know the Red Sox have been tied to him 
for for a while, really, since the postseason ended. And I think that it'd be a great addition for the Red Sox. Uh, Scherzer's contract is so it's 210 total value, but that'll be made up way after he's done pitching. So it's not that much per year. It's like 15 or 16 or something like that um, per year. But I still think it's good for them. They're going to get a heck of a rotation out of it. But I was so we, we, I asked. How to word this? What I, what I want to ask you is, do you think that the AL Central changes with Scherzer not actually going back to the Tigers? I don't think it changes um, that much. You know, Scherzer's obviously a guy, you know, they're going to be worse without Scherzer. You know, Scherzer's a guy who was a 21-game winner a few years ago. But I think they have enough in-house, uh, as Brendan mentioned, Green. They have Simone. They have a full year of David Price. They have ways around this. You know, when they went out and they uh, traded for David Price, you know, that was in mind that Max Scherzer could potentially be gone. So, you know, they've been planning for this. When Scherzer turned down this contract, they knew they were going to have to uh, you know, either up the money or go out and get a replacement. Price, in my opinion, is the replacement, and we're going to see the same Detroit Tigers team. You know, a better lineup, you know, pretty much the same pitching rotation. They should be pretty well this year. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I think them getting David Price was them thinking ahead as well as for the short term, for the playoffs last year, because I think they knew that Scherzer was probably going to walk, mm-hmm. and they saw their opportunity to go get David Price, and they really felt they could do that reasonably. They got him for a bargain. I don't think they dealt with much, so I really think that the Tigers were, were thinking ahead for that, and I really don't think they're going to lose much. I think you're going to get a, the same David Price you saw pitching for the Rays. He's going to be that guy. He's, like, he's a great lefty ace to your staff. You're going to get Verlander back the way he was. Anibal Sanchez is a great pitcher. I don't think you're going to lose anything just despite losing Scherzer. I think the Tigers are going to be okay. I think they're fine. Offensively, they should be fine. Um, I, I don't see the, I see the White Sox making a climb in the division. I really do. I think they've gotten better, but I just don't think they're, they're at that point where they can kind of get over that hump and get to the Tigers, because the Tigers are just steadily ahead of them right now. Um, that being said, though, I just the Scherzer deal is going to make an impact. Thank God Scherzer didn't come to the AL East. That's all i got to say. If he didn't come to the Red Sox, you can stay away. Thankfully, the Yankees didn't jump in last minute. He's going to the National League, so we won't even see him that much. Um, so I'm okay with it, and I'm not, I'm not terribly upset that he went to the Nationals. I like the Nationals. I think they need to get over that hump. They're a great team, and I think he's going to help them do that because he has that locker room mentality. He's a grinder. He's a pitcher. He knows what he's doing, and I think he's going to be great for that lineup. Yeah, it's going to be scary, you know, how good this guy can be. Now he doesn't have to uh, face against the DH, you know, go against the Ortiz's. Yeah, you know, the Brandon Mosses, you know, the real good DHs. Now he can just go in the National League, pitch against a pitcher every nine batters. You know, his numbers should really skyrocket, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, I think, and you're going to see a lot of him on baseball tonight and all that good stuff and right here on CLNS Radio when he does go off, because I expect him to. It's it's going to happen. Um, that being said, we'll obviously keep you on loop if anything happens otherwise during the season with him, but that moving on now, Nate, um, you wrote an article for us on CLNS Radio reporting that on, the, on all the reports about Cliff Lee potentially coming to the Red Sox and that it, the talks have intensified. I know where my stand on Cliff Lee do you? I know you wrote about it, but do you actually like it? Because I, I think it's stupid. I do like Cliff Lee, and, you know, the reason I do like the deal for Cliff Lee is because, you know, the Phillies are going in such a, a weird direction, you know. They were in on Max Scherzer, then they were out on Max Scherzer, and now it seems like they're going to stick with Hamels unless they're blown away with an offer from top prospects like a Peterson from L.A. or a Betts or a Swihart from Boston. So, you know, Cliff Lee's kind of that guy. Nobody knows what's going to happen. 
injury issues. You know, he's 36 years old. He's getting paid a ton of money. You know, signed a $120 million deal. He signed through 2015. He has a vesting option for 2016. I personally don't think Cliff Lee is going to cost that much. I think Philly is just going to want to get back anything they can get. You know, why just, I can't think of a reason why they would want to keep Cliff Lee around on that team. Like I said, they're going nowhere. Cliff Lee's injury issues, you know, they probably want to have a losing team, get a high draft pick. I don't see where Cliff Lee fits in. I do see where Cliff Lee fits in the Red Sox, and, you know, that's maybe as a two guy. And something I really like about Cliff Lee is he doesn't walk anyone. And, you know, when I look at a guy who's going to pitch in Fenway Park, walks are key. You cannot walk people because being in such a small park, the green monster, the short uh, – Fencing right, you know, you got to keep the ball in play. Cliff Lee, you know, he's a ground ball pitcher at times. You know, he, he, a lot of people hit the ball out to center field against him. And we've seen guys like Dice K, Daniel Bard, Papelbon, who have walked a lot of people and they've gotten themselves into some trouble. So, you know, that being uh, aside, the fact that he doesn't walk a lot of people immediately makes me like him and immediately thinks he'd be a pretty good fit in Fenway. Uh, issue for me, obviously the injury stuff. 81 innings last, 81 innings pitched last season. Um, the year before that, 222. The year before that, 211. Uh, to Nate's walking point, he had 12 walks last year. 32 the year before that, 28 the year before that in 2012. So definitely uh, good for not keep not giving people away to bases. Uh, I'm obviously I'm very concerned with the injury issues just because it seems that he can't stay healthy for a long period of time. Um, like you said, he's not an eight. He's a two guy. Um, unfortunately, if you bring him in here, he's probably, he, I don't think he'd be your ace. I think Doug Fister would, st- uh, not Doug Fister, excuse me, Porce- Rick Porcello. I don't know why I thought Doug Fister. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, I think Rick Porcello is going to so- still be your number one guy, um, going into the season. If they get, if they were to do Cliff Lee and nothing else, um, like you said, though, price will be cheap. I'm okay. I don't really want him just because, look, he's he's 36 and has injury issues. I don't think that's going to be a success for winning. I don't think it's going to do too much for you. Um, if you can get him to be a three-starter, that's great, but then I don't think that's where he fits into this rotation as it stands now because, look, they don't have those kind of guys to be put ahead of him. I don't trust – only guy I trust to really put ahead of him is Porcello. After that, I don't want to put Buck Holst up that high. I don't want to put anyone really up that. I don't put I don't know about anything about Miley yet in terms of how he's gonna handle pitching at Fenway. Cliff Lee would be your number two, I think, in that case. Um and if he happened to be number one, that'd be even worse. That'd be even more Jared. dumb on their part. Now what? now I mentioned that they have a bunch of question marks in this rotation, you know, with Porcello, Buckholt, Miley. Uh, down the line, Masterson. It does doesn't Cliff Lee add another one though? Yeah, and well and my point in being is, you know, you have a guy like Cliff Lee who two years ago won fourteen games with a two eight seven ERA. He I understand he had injury issues. Yes, arm issues, you know, those are very serious for a pitcher, especially a lefty. But you know, with all these question marks in the rotation, wouldn't you rather have a guy like Cliff Lee as a question mark? And a guy like Wade Miley as a question mark? I think you're going to get Wade Miley as a question mark either way. Um, I do, honestly, there are much worse question marks to have than Cliff Lee because Cliff Lee has had a pretty decent career. And back when he was pitching in Cleveland, we all wanted him and he was the guy. So I do agree that there are worse options, aka going after Cole Hamels because I just don't think he's worth it. Not worth giving up a bunch of prospects and money towards. But. 
I still feel like they can do better by going after Jordan Zimmerman or going after even potentially, I know you might have to add a little more, but maybe if you can convince them to give you Strasburg, and that's better long-term as well as short-term. So I just, I think you have to, I think before you go after Cliff Lee and before you make that an option, I think you really have to exhaust the Nationals because of this whole Scherzer thing, and I think that's my number one priority is with the Red Sox. My, my point in being uh, Cliff Lee is, you know, I don't think it will cost the whole farm system an arm and a leg to get Cliff Lee. You know, I look at a guy like Strasburg, you're going to have to trade away Betts to Swihart to get him. He's another guy, in my mind, who's a question mark. Can he pitch in the AL? You know, he had some really bad outings last year. Injury issues with him, arm issues, such a young age, I kind of want to stay away from him. You know, with all the Tommy John stuff, you know, I'd stay away from him. You know, Zimmerman's okay, but if I'm putting a guy like Jordan Zimmerman in this rotation, uh, like Brendan said, to go along with him, you got now you got Porcello, Kelly, and Jordan Zimmerman. All pretty much the same pitcher, all pretty much have the same stuff. You know, can you really put together a good pitching rotation with, you know, three guys with pretty much all the same stuff? You know, I don't think so. I think adding a second lefty in this rotation would be a good thing. And, you know, if Cliff Lee doesn't pan out, the worst thing that can do, you can send him down, you can iron his stuff out, you can bring him back up, you can trade him. You know, he's only signed through 2015 with an option for 2016. He's not going to kill you that much. No, and I, like I said, again, there could be a lot worse options, but I just, I don't know, I just don't feel like bringing Cliff Lee is going to make it worth it to give up anything, because I just don't think it improves your pitching rotation that much, I just, I feel like you could probably get close to the same amount of Joe, Ke- out of Joe Kelly that you, you're going to get out of Cliff Lee, except maybe the whole walkage issue, because I feel like you're going to lose Cliff Lee for a certain amount of time, I just don't think you can stay healthy the whole year. I think I'd, and obviously it's an added benefit that he's a lefty, but I just don't think I'd rather... I'd rather just keep Joe Kelly in the rotation and go from there and then maybe try to get someone close to the, the trade deadline, if that's what you're thinking, if you're the Red Sox, rather than going after him now, giving up something. I know it's low risk, and it really is, but for a 36-year-old lefty who is injury-prone, I just don't know if it's really, really worth especially where his ERA last year was a 3.65 in a riddled, riddled, uh, on a riddled team in the National League. I just don't think that it's really worth the investment as little as it might be. Yeah, I do understand where you're coming from, but, you know, and when I look at this guy, you know, this is still a guy who pitched 222 and two-thirds innings two years ago. I understand the issue, uh, injuries this past year, but, you know, I, I have a tough time believing he's going to be haunted with injuries that bad again this year. You know, I look past these injuries on this guy, and I think if you do make a deal for him, you know, I think he could really turn out to be a hell of a guy in the rotation. I know, um, it would, I think it would be something to consider. I really do. I'm not like completely shunning this because I think Cliff Lee, I, I think you're gonna, I think people are gonna read it and kind of go, oh, Cliff Lee. Um, I, I think it's still might not the best idea. I know what you're saying and I do agree that it's very, it is low risk. It's not as low risk as Daniel Bard, which we'll get to in a second. Kind of my cheesy segue, but I just don't think that it's worth giving up these prospects who, Obviously, it won't be as big of a deal as giving up as, say, trading a Mookie Betts for someone else, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they see Mookie Betts as a guy who's going to be at the top of this uh, lineup come, come opening day. But I, I just think that there might be – There's I think there's other options for the same asking price that might be a little better for now and the future with, rather than Cliff Lee, who's 36 and can, might only pitch one more year. You might only get one more year out of Cliff Lee, and that might be it. 
You know, that's all right if I only get one year at Cliff Lee because I know the Reds, and I would not trade away a top prospect for Cliff Lee. That's why I'm saying I think you can buy low on a guy like this, and, you know, he may be a hell of a reward in the end. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm okay with thinking about it. I am okay with them maybe pursuing it if they exhaust other options. I just I don't want it to be their top priority, but I also wouldn't be completely mad. It's an upgrade. They did it. It's an upgrade. It's an it is an upgrade, but I don't think it's much. But I think it's something to consider if you're the Red Sox. Uh, obviously, there's more pitching news than Cliff Lee out there. Uh, another guy who is potentially a very low low risk. Actually, not potentially is very very low risk. Uh, Daniel Bard, who. I, I didn't think was going to be able to get a team to convince to sign him, but they did. Obviously, I'm not surprised by it because it's Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein loves Daniel Bard. He drafted him. He did all this stuff. Daniel Bard is signed with the Cubs. If you didn't know that, it's a minor league deal, I believe. Um, look, we all know the story. Bobby Valentine ruined this kid. He they were, he wanted to be a starting pitcher, and they let him. He was a killer reliever. He was a setup guy right behind Papelbon, and he was just dynamite in his early years with the Red Sox. 2010, he had an ERA of 1.93 for the Red Sox. That's insane in, what's his innings pitched? 1.93 and 74.2 innings pitched. That year was what we expected out of him towards moving forward. Um, the year before that, he had a uh, 3.65. That was his rookie year with 49 innings pitched. Um, he was supposed to be the successor to John Papelbon. We saw him dominate in those eight innings behind Papelbon. We all thought he was going to be the next guy, and then come 2011, he was just horrific in terms of starting. He was two and nine that year. Uh, in 2012, he was five and six. He, they should have let him be a starter. That's my biggest thing with uh, Daniel Bard. And I'm not gonna, I don't want to get too much in a bash talking Bobby Valentine. I could do that for a full two hours, but if not more. But I just feel like, for the Cubs' point of view, why not? Because the UFC knows this guy can pitch. We all know this kid can pitch, and they're not paying him much. He's a minor league guy. They can just scrap him if it doesn't work. It's an invite to spring training. If he does well, he might get some time in the bullpen, especially for a Cubs team that's trying to rebuild but knows they're not going to completely compete this year. If they can get him back to where he was, that's a huge upgrade for the Cubs. Yeah, and I'll start with the scary with Bard. And, uh, you know, he struggled last year in uh, single A, uh, faced 18 batters, uh, hit seven of them, walked nine, and his final ERA last year was 175.50. He gave up 13 runs in two and a third innings, and he didn't even allow a hit, which that's scary. But for the Cubs, you bring in a guy who, as you mentioned, with a low ERA a few years ago before he was turned to starter. You know, he looked like he was going to be that dynamite closer to predecess Papelbon. You know, he had a fastball that could touch 100. Excellent changeup. And, you know, I think this guy could come back and he could end up being a good find for the Cubs bullpen. You know, he's back with Theo Epstein. He's with a guy he feels comfortable with. He's not with the Red Sox. You know, it it really makes sense. And I said this on the uh, podcast last week. You know, so many teams are giving these Japanese guys, these Cuban guys, mega contracts exceeding $150 million. And then you got a guy like Daniel Bard who kind of lost his way. You know, it's a great story to see him be able to find himself with the team. And, you know, I hope for the best for him. Yeah, I really do. Um, I honestly was thinking about this the other day, Nate, and I honestly was kind of contempt to see if, they would, if the Red Sox would potentially go after him because, look... The, John Farrell was here when he was good, and they, they, they know his success story. I don't know if it would have been a really good signing in the eyes of Red Sox Nation, but 
I, I, w- I thought about it, and I would have been okay with him coming here because look, for all the reasons we've been listing. Yeah, he put, pitched like crap in the minors. Yeah, he had a game where he had a crap ton of runs earned, but he didn't allow a hit. But he, he, he he's now going to get some stability, hopefully with the Cubs, and I think he would have been able to get that back here because Valentin wasn't around, and I think that was the big reason why he's failed. They put him in the wrong place. They couldn't really get, put him in a position to succeed because they kept putting him out there as a starter, and by the time they realized he, they, how dumb of a move it was and how idiotic they were it was too late he was already been ruined and mentally he just wasn't ready to get back to where he was but i think he's in a good place he's had some interviews i've seen some quotes from him saying he's healthy he's in a good place and he's ready to go so all the best to daniel bard if the cubs can pull this out and he, he becomes back to true form that's great for the cubs i have nothing against the cubs except for the fact they took lester away from us and i i think that he's going to do well out there, and I really think that if he does well, that's a great anchor. Not even might might be potentially a closer, but even a good set late inning guy for them to really bolster down the bullpen that needs to, needs to be consistent if they want to contend anytime soon. Because obviously, big having a good bullpen is key to most things in this league nowadays. Yeah, and another reason I think you know it's a better fit in the Cubs is because you know we don't think they're going to contend for a World Series this year. You know, with the Red Sox, we don't really know. And you know, with Daniel Bard, you know, if he's coming on in the beginning of the season, you know, if he's moving his way up the system, you know, he could potentially find a role in that Cubs bullpen come mid-year. You know, if he was in Boston, I could not really see a spot in the bullpen where he would um he would find this year. You know, with uh, Verrero, the guy that got from Atlanta. You know. He just didn't seem like he'd have a spot. So, you know, excellent addition by the Cubs. And, you know, like you had mentioned, if this kid comes back to half of what he was, he used to be, you know, this is a good deal for the Cubs, and he could potentially be a closer for them down the future. Yeah, I think you got to think Theo is thinking closer with this kid because he was supposed to be the closer for him in Boston. didn't work out, obviously, and I think that's, what he, that's what's got to be on Theo's mind is give me a closer. This kid could potentially do it. Let's bring him in and see what he can do and see if he's got his head back on straight, which I believe he does. I think it's going to be a success story. I think we're going to be praising Daniel Bard. I don't know about praising, but I think we're going to be definitely talking about Daniel Bard come maybe 2016 once he gets all the kinks out and really has a season of no pressure and just able to work under a steady system that the Cubs I know have. So I think it's a good addition for the Cubs, and I think it's something to look forward to moving forward between this summer and next summer and obviously years to come because he's, he's young. How old is he? Let me look, see if it's in front of me here. 29. He is 29 years old. He's got, he's got time. I know it's not 22, 23, but the kid's got time. Um, he could pitch for 10 more years if he figures out his stuff. So Definitely a good addition for the Cubs there, and I think that it's going to be good moving forward to their goal of obviously breaking their yearly years and years of curse on them. I think it's going to be good to help them break that. Um, other stuff around the league, the big one, I think I talked about it with Brendan too. You you obviously uh, reported for us on CNS Radio, Nate. Big thing for baseball is they're implementing that pitch clock they had in fall ball and winter ball. They're implementing it double A AA and triple A. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it, it's a good spot to start the pitch clock with. But, you know, I'm going to say it again. You know, once it reaches the major league level, you know, it's scary. You know, I don't want to see pitchers get rushed. I don't want to see signs get rushed. I don't want to see, you know, pitch calls get rushed. You know, I don't think the pitcher is really what's slowing down the game. As Brendan said, you know, the commercials are long, in-between innings are long. You know, extra innings can extend the game even longer. And, you know, I'm still going to go along the lines of, you know, if a game reaches 16, 17 innings, you know, the swing-off, I'm in favor of that rather than a pitch clock. Yeah, I like the swing-off idea. Um, I'm, I'm, I like that they're actually testing the pitch clock, though, Nate. I'm a big fan 
of them actually just staying consistent with what their attempt was because, look, they could have used the pitch clock down in fall ball and winter ball and said, okay, we tried it, it didn't work, sorry, and didn't really give. Because there, there hasn't been too much proof from w- those games that it worked. I think it's going to be nice to see it, whereas fans can watch it, because it's obviously hard for us here to watch those games in fall ball and winter ball. But he, in AA and AAA, you're, fans are going to see it firsthand, because a lot of people go to these minor league games, obviously as families, and they're cheaper for like family outings, and that's a big thing, because those are the fans they're trying to speed up the game for. They're trying to speed up the games for those casual fans who just like to go watch baseball, but don't need a four-hour game. And we'll go to a minor league game because it's a little less strenuous than going to a major league game. It's those kind of fans they're trying to get to fix the game for. So it's good they're going to let them see it firsthand, get them going, get them saying, okay, this works, and then when they try to eventually, if they do bring it to a major league level, they'll have some backbone in their in firsthand accounts of fans saying, oh, it works, we liked it, this works here, because you know they'll get quotes from season ticket holders here and, and, and people who work at the stadium there saying, oh, we got off but we got off earlier at work because the pitch clock helped the game go. So you know, that you, you know it's going to come if it works, and that's what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to set up a good platform of people who like it so that when they do eventually bring it to the majors, they'll have people there who prove that they'll like it so that if there are some kinks at the beginning of the majors, which they will be because Baseball players have egos, like every other athlete, and there'll be an issue getting them out of their habits. Once, if they, if they prove that they can work, then baseball fans might eventually lean, be more lenient to having it work. Yeah, you make a good point. You know, grabbing the casual fans in the minor leagues, and I didn't even think of that. You know, with the family outings and stuff like that. You know, the guy, uh, lots of fans are just going to the minor leagues. You know, as a school event. You know, ticket giveaways and stuff like that. And you know, if you can really get them into the game, you know, have them enjoying the game. You know, being able to sit through it. You know, that will translate into the attendance at the uh, major league ballparks. You know, TV ratings. So, um, definitely, yeah, you make a good point there. My, dude, the minor league games are dirt cheap too. Like, you could go, I know I could go to a uh, Manchester Fisher Cats game up here in New Hampshire, who is the double-A affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays, and I can get, like, behind the plate for, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. It's not expensive at all, and that's why people are going, because, look, people get handed tickets all the time from companies and field trips, like you said, Nate. It's not expensive at all, and that's where people are going to play, watch baseball, because, look, going to Fenway Park's not cheap. We all know that. <laughs> So if you want to watch a base in baseball, a decent talent baseball-wise, there's baseball in my backyard up here in Manchester. There's baseball in Lowell. You're not going to go to Fenway if you don't want to pay the steep prices. Yeah, you make a good point. You know, there's lots of minor league parks grabbing attendance, you know, cheap tickets. So, you know, that's de- definitely an excellent platform to test this. And, you know, I'm interested to see how it goes. And, you know, I'll be attending a few of the games. So I can't wait to see it firsthand. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see it work. I'm, I'm definitely, I might actually go see some minor league <laughs> games that are up here. It's actually, I'm actually intrigued, and that's another thing too. You might get more people to go to minor league games because people are intrigued by this pitch clock thing. I'm gonna go. To, I'll go to a Fisher Cats game up here in Manchester to go see the pitch clock and how it's gonna work. I'm intrigued by that. So I, I, I think it's good for the games to get people to the minor leagues and also to get people in to have it with the pitch clock, knowing that Major League Baseball will most likely keep it, because I think they're they're pretty set on this pitch clock idea. If they weren't, they weren't, they wouldn't try it even further. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Obviously, we'll keep you updated here on CLNS Radio, because we're intrigued just as much as you are, because we have no idea what Major League Baseball is doing. So I'm intrigued to see where it goes from there. Other news around Major League Baseball, uh, Giovanni Gallardo is, has been traded to the Rangers today. That's now official. Um, 
Nate, I like that trade for the Rangers. Yeah, you know, it brings a guy to the Rangers, you know, now they don't have to rely on Kobe Lewis, Derek Holland, you know, they get a proven guy, uh, you know, proven one-two guy at the top of the rotation, you know, always post, uh, you know, mid to low three ERA, you know, it can't hurt that rotation, you know, they obviously struggled big time last year. Injuries hurt them. I think it was four out of their five starters, or it could even been more. You know, missed a significant chunk of last year. So, um, yep. definitely a good guy to get. You know, he doesn't have many injury, uh, big injury histories. So, um, you know, we'll, obviously we're going to see how he translates to the AL. But as of now, it looks like a pretty dang good deal. I think it was a very good deal. I think, it's, like you said, it's good to get someone on the top of that Rangers rotation who's steady, consistent. Uh, sub three ERA consistently, which is great for them. Um, they're working to get themselves back into contention for a World Series, which they've gotten so close to, but just have failed miserably to get obtain uh, and win that World Series. So I think this is one step towards it. Uh, they sent Brewers infielder Luis Sardinez, uh, Corey, Corey Nebel, I think that's how you say it, um, and 18-year-old right-handed pitcher Marcus Stoplan. So it's not too much of a return for the. Um, the Rangers to give up for Gallardo. I think they definitely won that trade. I think that was the Brewers just trying to get something a little more substance in return. Um, Sardinia's is a decent infielder, but other than that, I don't know much about the other two. Um, but I think Gallardo's going to add some great, great depth to the top of that rotation, which allows for more stability towards the bottom of their rotation, which injuries have been causing some issues, but I think it's a great addition. Yep, depth is a big part in, uh, you know, the Rangers rotation. You know, lots of question marks in that team. You know, hitters ballpark. So bring a guy like this in, a, you know, a proven winner, a veteran. You know, that's a very good deal. Another another um, smaller signing, Eric Bedard signed to the Dodgers for a minor league deal. Um, I think that could be sneaky good for the Dodgers this year because, like, again, it's, it wasn't an expensive deal at all. He's a veteran guy. He knows how to pitch in this league. And I think if he can prove that he can still pitch, I think that's a good Good, good signing for the Dodgers to get some depth, bottom rotation, bullpen, whatever they need it. I think it's a good signing. Yeah, you know, I don't expect to see Eric Bedard around the majors anytime soon. I'm just looking at his stats, you know, 403, 501, 459, 476, ERA, you know, in his last four years, you know, uh, he's a good minor league pitcher, but, uh, you know, I don't think uh, we'll see him in the majors anytime soon. You know, maybe a Chris Capuano type pitcher for them. But, yeah. you know, unless he really puts up some good numbers in AAA, you know, I wouldn't expect to see him. Yeah, I, I think the best, I think what they're probably banking on, and this is what my take out of it was, was that they're looking for some guy, maybe veteran presence in, in a bullpen to potentially, if not come up later in the year for, say, a September call-up to get a guy in the bullpen to harness some of these younger guys to really know how to win and just show them how to do things. And if he could potentially get some of his talent back, then they could use him. I think it's more of a locker room thing. Um, obviously, he could potentially get his talent back. I don't know what the Dodgers' plan is there, but obviously a minor league deal is not terrible for for getting Bedard. I think it was a pretty cheap minor league deal, too, so I think overall the Dodgers aren't terribly bad for making that risk because it's not really a high-level risk. And what you could get on the back end for them, considering they're, they really need to win a World Series to get everything everybody off their back, and mostly the L.A. media, um, I think it's a good signing for September, October, and so on. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, you know, if he's pitching well, you know, it's never, um, you can never have too many lefties in a bullpen. Um, you know, I, like I said, you know, Chris Capuana, you know, long reliever, spot starter, eventually works his way into a five starter. You know, that's what I'd see out of Eric Bedard. You know, that's what I expect to see out of him this year. 
Yeah, Bedard definitely going to stay in the minors for the most of the part, but I do, the Dodgers could definitely work something out there if he can get his skill, skill back. Um, another big rumor is uh, Johan Santana, obviously a bigger name, has been making a comeback from a torn Achilles, which he suffered in June, I believe it was. Nate. Um, either way, there are multiple teams interested in him. Reports are the Minnesota Twins are not one of them. Um, so do you, do you think that Johan Santana is going to get I think he'll get a contract, Nate. It's just a matter of how much he's going to get the pitch and where he'll be. What, where do you think will be? I, I don't think there's been reports of what the teams actually are. Who do you think makes the most sense to go after a guy like Johan Santana? You know, I look at Johan Santana, and, you know, this is one of the best pitchers going in baseball, you know, not even maybe like four, five, six years ago. And, you know, it's sad to see him kind of fall out of the face of, you know, the earth. Um, you know, teams I could see interested in maybe bringing him in, maybe like a Rockies, a Blue Jays, you know, putting him in the minors, you know, hoping he regains some form. You know, Rockies and Blue Jays obviously don't have any pitching whatsoever. So, you know, teams with bats, teams who need that guy to come up and pitch, and, you know, maybe the Marlins, you know, the Mariners, you know, teams like that. I wouldn't expect a big team to sign them. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, too. Like you said, like he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Because I remember when he signed with the Mets, that big deal. Wow. That I know the, the Red Sox were on, in on him. I know the Yankees Thank were in God. on him. These teams were in on him, and at the time, I know a lot of us, I'm sure you were too, Nate, uh, were, de- were devastated that he didn't come to this team. Yeah, it was upsetting. He w- he would have, honestly, we all thought he was going to be the next that guy, and we all wanted him here. Um, kind of a blessing in disguise, just like the whole A-Rod situation to me. Um, I think Johan Santana can come back. I think coming from a torn Achilles isn't the worst thing in the world. I think it's going to be tough for him. He will get a shot. Obviously, the reports are out that he's already getting multiple teams interested. I think Seattle will be a good fit for him. It's a bigger ballpark. He can kind of work some kinks out on the fly. Um, mostly bigger ballparks would be great for him just to keep the ball in the park. Um, well, again, which is sad me saying this, that he needs some help from the ballpark to make himself a good pitcher considering what he's coming from. But... Um, I think the Mets kind of threw some money out there hoping he could be that guy for them, and it didn't work. And since then, he's been kind of battling injuries and tough mechanics-wise. I think some time heel has been good for him. He's been hurried. I think he's had time to think about it. And I think he's going to be primed for a decent, decent, I'm not saying great. Don't quote me on that. I'm not saying great. I'm saying decent. Decent year if he gets signed by a team, which he should soon. I'm sure it'll be before spring training. Spring training is right around the corner. So um, expect to hear that within the next few weeks. (sighs) Nate, spring training is right around the corner. Yeah, I know it's scary. You know, I can't wait to go down there. You know, it's the best time of year for me. You know, it's better than Christmas. You know, the atmosphere down there, seeing the fans, you know, board the plane, get off the plane. You know, it's just a whole different atmosphere down there. You know, it's really a joy. And if, you know, anyone hasn't been able to go down there, you know, I would highly suggest it. You know, the new ballpark's beautiful. The old one was all right. But, you know, they do an excellent job down there in Fort Myers, you know. I definitely suggest going down there. I'm down there a lot. I'm not getting the chance to go down this year due to potential work obligations, but I usually go down there every year. Grandparents live kind of close, which has been a nice treat for me, kind of five minutes from the ballpark. Uh, I do agree, Nate, the new ballpark's gorgeous compared to the old one. Um, uh, But, yeah, definitely go down there and check it out if you can get down there for a game or two. Um, It's fun to watch. I like watching the the college kids go after it against the Red Sox, too. I've had some friends play on those BC and Northeastern playing the Red Sox, so it's kind of cool to watch them play as well. But, uh yeah, spring training is a few weeks away. Do you know the date the pitchers and catchers report? I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't, but I can get it in a minute. 
yeah, it's it's a few weeks away. I'm excited. Uh, it's definitely time to get excited again. I think people are starting to put, obviously, the Patriots right in the front of things. Uh, they're going to the Super Bowl, and the Bruins are starting to play better. But people you don't have to forget there. Pablo Sandoval and Anthony Ramirez report to spring training in under a month. February so, 20th. Every, oh, pretty much a month. Is that pitchers and catchers? That is pitchers and catchers in the first workout scheduled for February 21st, and position players will report uh, February 24th. Okay, so there's a good chance that most of the pitchers and catchers will be there like a few days before that. Uh, players, Position players, mostly Pedroia, will probably be there when the pitchers start workouts. So in a month, we'll get some Red Sox uh, baseball flowing around in our veins and get excited to see some Pablo Sandoval in, in a Red Sox uniform for the first time. You'll see Hanley Ramirez down there. It's exciting. Don't forget about jersey. these acquisitions, people. You got your Pablo Sandoval jersey? Already, yep. Look at you go. All right, it's worth it. He's going to be here for a while, so you might as well do it. Um, it's going to be a fun season. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we've got plenty to talk between now and then in terms of offseason, but we're obviously going to kick you into a new high gear once we get going for the season. Um, that being said, that's, that's not, we're going to wrap that up there. We're going to wrap that up for a week. Uh, just a reminder, don't forget this episode of Red Sox Beat was powered by lynda.com. A uh, way to kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial of lynda.com for all CNS radio listeners. Uh, it's used by millions of people, 4,500 different courses, ranging from co- topics of web development, fitness, sports, blogging, photography. You name it, they probably have Great it, so website. you should go for it. Great website. I love it. I checked it out earlier, Nate. It's good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm determined to lo- learn some, uh, some new language up there. I, I have some Italian background. I want to finish it. I want to learn some more. I might use lynda.com to do it. It's a good idea. I'm going to go check it out. Get You start my free 10-day trial. I suggest you guys do it, too. Get uh, get all those New Year's resolutions started over there at lynda.com. Don't be afraid. Uh, it definitely is free. Free 10 days. Go check it out. It's a good thing. Uh, that being said, another episode of Red Sox beating the books. Glad to be back. Obviously, um, alongside Nathan Rollins, I am Jared Scali. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the Pro Bowl if you're a football fan. And uh, we'll talk to you next week during... Another great episode of what will be Red Sox Speed. Until then, have a great week, everyone.